Hey Peppin. Yo 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 yo. Hey, you wanna learn how to play D and D? Uh, sure. Is is that the game made by like the creators of Game of Thrones? I mean, not the creators, but you know the showrunners. You know D and D. No, it's not that. It's uh, it's it was made by Gary Gygax forever ago. Oh, Gary Gygax. I've heard that name. It's like the GG. That's where good game came from. Yeah, exactly. That's what GG. That's what GG stands for. <laughs> Every time you play a good game, you're just like, Gary Gygax. It's an homage. <laughs> it's exactly to the OG. The OG GG. But yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing some D&D. I've never played before, so definitely give me a learning experience. But hey, we can see how it goes. Awesome. I'll, uh, I'll write a quick one-off right now in the time that it takes for the music to play and then we'll we can we can get right into it we can do you have an idea for a character uh yeah her name is kira i guess uh well perfect we'll have you introduce her uh after the opening i guess we need to roll molly are we doing a different (laughs) (laughs) oh man we need to talk Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Yo, yo, I am doing well, and I am excited for this wonderful game called DND. How about you, Meter? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited for you to try out DND. I've been playing it for a while now, um, and uh, I know you're going to like it. So hopefully my story uh, works well for you. Um, but today you're not playing Pepin um, for the first time in quite a while. You're going to be playing your own character. Can you introduce us to your character and maybe uh, maybe a little bit about their backstory? So my character's name is Kira and she's a half-elf rogue, I think you would call her. Uh, now the rogue portion of that is a little bit complicated because in a previous job she was an assassin so she's kind of like going over to more to the rogue area but uh yeah, yeah. So, so how how in depth should I go here, Meter? Um, as much as you, I mean, you wrote a pretty lengthy backstory. So, I would love for people to hear about the backstory. That way, if it comes into play at all uh, in the story, and it will, um, they'll they'll be able to follow along and be uh, the audience will be like, oh, I understand, like why that's relevant. Uh, so let's just say she can speak that language or if that's a language. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so it is. feel free to interrupt me at any point here because uh, my it's a little bit lengthy, but I think it's pretty, pretty self, I don't know, pr- pr- pretty straightforward. So Kira was essentially adopted into this like wood elf clan. Uh, it was like pure wood elves uh, back in like the middle of the woods. And it was called the Dynast clan. And when she was growing up there, it wasn't really that bad, but they had like a weird sort of uh, thing where she didn't actually have like foster parents. Rather, she was kind of raised by the clan and the community were, were kind of her parents. So she always kind of felt this weird sort of distance. And also the dynasty clan was also kind of strange. Like they weren't, uh, they did things a certain particular way and they didn't quite resonate with Kira. But, it, you know, she just kind of went along with what's going on and she liked everyone well enough there and she would fight for them, but it just never had a sense of belonging. So 
granted the plan was without in the forest, uh, there would be a lot of different factions that would come by and demand payment from them. Uh, it'd be different pla- different factions at different points. The Dynast clan would always just kind of like go along with it and comply with demands because they wouldn't want to cause trouble. Say a certain group was demanding payment and they're ever, say, demanding too much or they started like causing issues like, you know, like attacking some of the village members. What the plan- clan would do is it pray to one of their gods and say, hey, please help us. And it seems like the gods always kind of sorted it out because as soon as they started praying for the gods, like then, you know, someone might die or someone, they, all of a sudden that clan would start, uh, stop asking for much payment or stop asking altogether. So Kira always kind of found that a little bit intriguing growing up because it seemed like, hey, I guess prayer works. Uh, when Kira was about 10, she fell under the leadership of someone named Riva and Riva began training Kira in spying and assassination. Uh, with a little bit of training there, she completed her first mission and she killed the local queen. I mean, technically, no one else would consider this person a queen, but in that region, she considered herself a queen and everyone just kind of went with it. And the queen was demanding, like, say, twice the payment from the, the dynasty clan. And at this point, kind of Kira realized that the god that was being prayed to actually wasn't sorting all the stuff out. Rather, it was like the clan itself. There were like some secret assassins inside the clan. And whenever there's an issue, essentially they'd pray and the assassins would kind of like see that as like a sign or like a like a affirmation to go out and kind of take care of it. You know, Kira was also told that uh, Kira could never tell anybody about this because if this information got out, essentially th- their clan would be done for because all these other clans would know, hey, they're the ones who are actually murdering out these people. They're actually causing all this riffraff. So we need to get rid of them. So, so so, Kira got incredibly effective with her, say, assassination abilities and just like abilities in general. Her biggest strength was being unnoticed and learning, say, new skills. Uh, she tended to go the disguise route and the disguises that didn't get her noticed, like chefs, maids, beggars. And she'd usually just do a bunch of observation to find her best line of attack. Uh, she had this sort of androgynous, or she does have this androgynous look, so she kind of looks like, if people don't know, androgynous means kind of like having both characteristics of male and female. A uh, good example is Arya Stark from uh, Game of Thrones. Like, a lot of people mistake her for being like a boy, but she's obviously a girl. But she, she can kind of like essentially, you know, dress herself up in a certain way that makes it look like either. So she can kind of fit into both roles. And the only thing that really she couldn't dress up as is like a warrior because she's like very kind of small and dainty. Like, so she was going to root a poison and this is a, it worked out pretty well for her, but uh, the issue is granted she's not very strong or good at fighting. Whenever it kind of went wrong and people came suspicious, she would just have to like leave because once people were suspicious, then essentially they would, you know, say inspect everybody. They would, uh, you know, start. Uh, getting super tight down and this is where she would just have to escape because essentially she blew her load. Uh, She actually learned this really interesting technique because she has one job where she was uh, where she was supposed to assassinate this uh, target who was known for for getting weekly massages and so to kind of capitalize on that she ended up learning the the art of massage and acupuncture and she's her you know the plan being that she's going to go in and kind of like give her this guy a massage and you know assassinate him that way uh and something that she actually learned was with acupuncture you could actually take a needle and stab someone in you know stab it with them and the person wouldn't even notice and she found that just like amazing so she kind of honed in on that and 
she was able to concoct a poison that she could actually like apply to the needle and stab the person with. And then that poison would, uh, you know, say with weaker people kill them, with stronger people, it could knock them out. And that became her go-to. So a, a big way that she would uh, use this after is she would uh, say bump into people on the street, kind of stick them with a poison needle. They wouldn't even feel it. And then that person would die a little bit later. And so that was her big method. And she also kind of got another method of killing people where she kind of like devised this little like sheaf type thing. So essentially it's like a little like sheaf that goes around the needle that can hold in the poison and she could stab it into herself. So she would have like this in the back of her like calves or something like that. So she can actually sneak these little poison needles in without anyone noticing. Okay. So she's still with the um, Dynast clan? Dynast? Kira started getting more and more complex jobs. And the reason is because Riva had kind of taken control of this uh, organization. And she was like a political genius with this. Like her schemes went very, very deep. And she was often picking certain assassinations in other groups and then, you know, have like double and triple agent sort of stuff. And the clan kind of weirdly gained a lot of power from this, though if you're looking from the outside, you'd never guess that. And it's almost like Kira became like a shadow ruler of the region, but no one kept, knew that besides say Kira, maybe one or one or two other people. And as these jobs got more complex, uh, where Kira was like being a double or triple agent, Kira kind of was not keeping up and was kind of losing the plot. Like, number one, the job became very risky and it became hard and hard to escape if she needed to. Uh, she almost had a, she had a couple like uh, times where she almost, you know, could have gotten killed and luckily managed to escape. And the other thing she kept on running to is like these plots get so deep that she would often forget the people who she was supposed to be serving. So like she'd be asked, oh, who do you serve? And she would get the wrong name and that would kind of get her found out and it'd be super hard. So eventually Kira talked to Reva about it and confronted her. And uh, Reva said that she understood and that she would be assigned to say less politically deep missions. And Kira was kind of relieved at that because she was getting kind of give it. So during a new mission, uh, Kira kind of got this weird feeling. Uh, she's at a bar. Uh, the bartender gives her a drink, and she kind of recognizes the voice from somewhere, uh, and it seems like it's from a previous mission. So Kira declines the the uh, the drink. She leaves, kind of like stalks him for a bit, uh, and then uh, she kind of gets him with a poison needle, and then she kind of confronts him and kind of interrogates him, and then she hears a bunch of things the bartender saying that he was hired by uh, so-and-so and blah 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 and she kind of follows the trail because she kind of knows how Reva works because she had the suspicion and she figures out that Reva put a hit on her now of course Reva didn't do the hit directly because this guy wasn't hired by Reva hired by like a you know two or three you know rungs out but it was kind of Reva's plot she figured out so Reva knowing that uh, she's pretty much dead she stays around here uh, she sorry Kira finds out she's pretty much dead she decides to flee and Right now, she's in a weird state because she's super paranoid. She wants to make sure that she's not going to get killed. She thinks Reva's going to kill her. Reva's very skilled. Uh, Reva only got caught here because her organization got too big and there's too many players involved for you know to make sure everyone's good. So she, she's very, very paranoid and has a little bit of conspiratorial thinking that everyone's trying to kill her or everyone's like a double agent trying to, trying to get her. Uh, Kira is mostly avoidant of people so she doesn't want to get into plots and she doesn't want like big rewards right now because the more that she has the more she's a target the more people see her face the more she's a target she's just very fearful of her life right now so that's um that is all really awesome uh that gives us so much to work with um so some of the highlights that that i wrote down your character is 
the half-elf rogue Kira. Um, she worked for the Dynesta clan under Kira, under um, Riva, who was the who was and still is the leader. Uh, was her old mentor and is now has reason to believe is trying to kill Kira. Um, and there are two rival clan, big rival clans, the Haper clan and the Sendites. Um, and uh, there's a um, really you're you're right now you're kind of on the run, um, just trying mm. to lay low, keep keep under the radar and not get found by Riva. R- right, exactly. Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, and finally, what is your uh, what's your alignment? So I took the alignment test and ended up being chaotic neutral, Ooh. which I I have like I read about it, what it does. Um, yep. Still not entirely sure what it means. So if you have any good explanation, maybe for me in the audience. Um. They chaotic neutral. I'll just read it from D and D Beyond. That'll explain it better than I ever could. Chaotic neutral creatures follow their whims, holding their personal freedom above all else. Many barbarians and rogues, and some bards, are chaotic neutral. So it's a lot about like your own freedom, um, not being bound by any organization specifically, um, and kind of uh, fending for yourself. Which sounds very much <laughs> like like Kira fending for herself, um, not really reliant on any any other organization or bound to any at the moment at least um right and from the sound of it even when she was part of an organization she never felt like she was really bound by it it was more a convenience factor right right and she, she went along with it so she wasn't just like doing her own thing she went along with it but kind of they kind of stabbed her in the back so now she feels like she can't quite pledge allegiance to any group yeah well fair enough so um, we're good to start then. So what we'll do is um, we'll kind of set the scene. Um, Kira's been been on the run, uh, and right now she finds herself in a very off-the-radar, low-key, uh, kind of seedy town. Uh, it's a port city. It's called Fear. And um, she she's just been kind of kicking around. I mean, you might be able to explain a little better than I uh, what she's been doing, um, because um, most recently she, uh, maybe as early as last night, or maybe it's been a little bit, um, she's completely run out of out of food and money. Has she been has she been stealing to get by? Has she been what has she been doing exactly? So she's been taking like some super low level jobs, like things that aren't very glamorous. Like mm-hmm. uh, she's killed a few rats for some people, mm-hmm. and. Uh, She's done a little bit of stealing too, but she's a little bit worried with the stealing. Mm. She could have taken a couple more jobs and gotten some more money, but she either found all the jobs too risky, either that or uh, she thought the jobs were like uh, setup jobs where Riva was trying to like get her in. So she's kind of, she doesn't necessarily need to be starving, but she's kind of starving of her own volition. I see. Okay. Um, So you wake up in the morning. Um, is she a, is she an early riser? Late? What, uh, what's tends her? Tends to be more of a late riser. Late riser? Okay. Yeah, because so, she t- tends to do most of her work at night. Okay, so it's uh, late morning, maybe even early afternoon. Um, and you wake up uh, in the room that you've spent however many nights in uh, at the Muddy Waters Inn uh, in the port town of Thier. 
uh, and you audibly hear your your stomach grumbling. Um, you head downstairs and are immediately met uh, by the owner of the inn. Um, her name is Elia. And uh, in this town, pretty much everybody's a mermaid. Uh, right now they are in their human form. Um, and, uh, you know, because it's a port, there's people, tons of people come and go. So you can lay pretty low just being, being there without being noticed because of the nature of this. Um, and because it's kind of seedy. So nobody really talks, uh, about, about the weird shit that happens here. But, uh, Elia walks up to you, uh, and says, um, and how have you been enjoying your stay here? Uh, Kira says it's all right. Okay, um, so going to be the end of the week here shortly, and uh, your the funds will be due. Um, I expect your tab will be paid up by by the end of the week, by tomorrow evening. Uh, what happens if I don't pay? And she uh, she kind of cocks her head to the to the side a little bit suspiciously, and she's like, um, "Well, we would of course need to." get the police involved at that point i mean we could always work in trade if you have things to trade uh, i'm happy to work with you might i also suggest um the job board there's plenty of jobs going up i saw a couple of fairly lucrative ones pop up shortly and she mo- she um motions with her hand over towards a wall where there's like a very clear uh job board with a bunch of postings that maybe that's where you found some of your some of your jobs previously Okay, and uh, how long do I have again? Is this is this a week? Uh, is is there some flexibility? Like like I in, mean, uh, tomorrow evening um, would be would be the end of the week, so I would expect payment in full by then. So Kira kind of gets a little bit uh, anxious there, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the whole like guard thing, because if there's just like the innkeeper, she would just kind of bolt and you know run town, but given is this place like a big city or like how big is it it's pretty small um you know the majority of what happens here is all related to the docks um and the trading that's going on at the docks um so everything's kind of related there uh it's not the most of the population is coming and going from the inn so this is a fairly normal conversation for elia um but it's not it's not a massive town no uh, it is fairly close uh, to the nearby nearby uh, Lemister, uh, which is like the big trading town in the area. Okay. So Kira's going to ask her, uh, what job do you think is the best? Like, can you tell me a little bit about the people who posted these jobs? I There's different people coming through all the time. It could be somebody who needs a one-off job. It could be, you know, there's some work over at the monastery, of course. Um, there's plenty of different types of work. If you just want to check out the board, you're welcome to, to take a look. And most people have their name written right under them. Okay. Would you be able to tell me anything about the people who, let's say I found one I, I liked. Would you be able to tell me anything mm-hmm. about them? Because I just like to know who I'm working for. I know a lot of the people here. I'd be happy to, to answer any questions if if you have them. Okay. So Kira's going to... I don't... I don't go ahead. Yeah, Kira's going to... She's gonna be eye the board and kind of, you know, decide. To, she's deciding to go over there and look at it because she's a little bit too okay uh, worried about the police. Okay. Um, and little minor point of order. 
Um, feel free to use like I statements uh, as you're like taking on the character. And um, if you change your voice a tiny bit for your character, it will make um, distinguishing very easy. So you don't need to say like Kira says or when you're saying, because then I'll be able to just know the difference. Okay, gotcha. Um, okay, so uh, you walk over to the, the job board and take a look. Um, there's uh, the usual stuff up there. Uh, you've, you've peeped the job board before, but probably never never done it from the sound of it you haven't done taken many jobs off of it um but you know some some pretty generic stuff up there there's a an ad for a live-in maid um there's some apprenticeship stuff for like uh blacksmiths and fletchers um there's a uh prostitution request up there uh, a, a meetup if you will um an advertisement for the clergy uh, there is one specifically that kind of catches your eye um, and it has in, in quotation marks, retrieval of lost item. Um, and there is a massive price tag associated with this. Um, unskilled workers typically make two silver per day. Skilled workers, um, like a blacksmith or something are usually paid like two gold per day. Um, this retrieval of lost item is for 50 gold. I see. So that's like, uh. A- like two months pay for a skilled worker give or take or one month's pay for a skilled worker give or take okay this would have you set for like like your tab right now is like um one silver per day for the court for seven days so it's like seven silver which is seven tenths of a gold and how much am i behind uh you're behind two weeks right now okay so about one and a half gold give or take um plus you know you would need to buy food and all that stuff okay so i'm gonna take both of those actually don't want to do the speaking voice so kira's gonna take both of those uh contracts and she's gonna bring it over to uh, elena was it mm-hmm. which which contract she's gonna take the sorry she's gonna take the maid contract and she's gonna take the mm-hmm. uh the the retrieving a lost item one mm-hmm. and she's gonna take them okay over. okay um, so, uh, before, right, real quick, before you do the, the maid one says, um, let me pull up a thing for this says, uh, that it is somebody named Lattice who is looking for, um, this, this work to be done. Um, and to just go knock at his door for, uh, more information. Um, and it, it says like he lives in whatever water street or whatever, um, 13 Water Street. And then the um, the retrieval of lost item says to meet at the bar um, at the inn at uh, 2 o'clock p.m. For, for more information, or between 2 and 6 p.m. Uh, for more information. And right now it's like 1, 1.30. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. So I'm going to walk... Um, so I'm going to walk ahead. over to the, to the innkeep. Elia? Hey, so I got a question here. Um, this right here, the this lost item one, that should cover my mm-hmm. rent, right, or where I owe. And she she looks at it and she goes, "Oh my, that um, yeah, that would more than cover it. I wonder what the item is, because that's that's a lot of money. You could live for a very long time on that." Hmm. Okay. Okay. And what do you know about the person who made this contract? 
for the lost item. Yeah. Uh, and she like looks at it. She's like, honestly, I don't don't really recognize it. It must be an out of towner. Hmm. Okay. And how about this maid one? Uh, do you know anything about this person? Uh, and she looks at it and she says, "Oh, Lattice. Um, yeah, he's kind of a kind of a beach bum, if you will. Um, purple hair. He's the the son of the the town leader. Um, he's kind of like a kind of got a, a a surfer vibe, if you will. Okay. And um, honestly, I, I would kind of doubt that." He's uh, he's looking for a maid. I'm, I'm genuinely surprised by this, um, but uh, they've had a ma- their maid for a very long time, so I'm not sure what's going on there. It sounds kind of weird. Do you think there'd be free lodging? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. There would that may be part of the the package, but from what it looks like here, uh, and she she looks down at the the pay line. She's like, it looks like the pay isn't really that great. It's like a silver a day. Um, for full cleaning so i mean if that included lodging that might be worth your time but if not honestly that's kind of like a side gig okay okay so that might do okay i think i've made my decision thank you very much for the help uh uh, let's hope i get you your money back i hope that as well kira are are you using that name or using a different one um right now i'm using that's a good question. I'm using... If you say light, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> uh, uh, Gina. I'm going to use Gina. Gina. Okay. Alright. Um, I I do as well, Gina. You have a very peculiar way of speaking. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what are you doing? So Kira's going to go back up to her room, and she's going to mm-hmm. grab a couple supplies... Okay. And she is going to weave. Mm-hmm. And she's going to go down to a certain area on the dock. Mm-hmm. And she's going to... It's like a little hidden area where she can uh, change her appearance. So she's going to change her appearance into more of like a... Uh, an, not an older looking man, but like a like a, you know, like a middle-aged man. You know, okay. You know, she, but, you know, who looks still kind of young. Like a baby face, like 30-year-old guy. Okay. Cool. So she's cosplaying as me. Uh, yes, without the beard. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, sh- you do so. And then she is going to contemplate a little bit in her head about what her plan is. Because ultimately her thinking right now is she needs to get her tab paid off. So that's probably going to be coming in with the with that one contract, with the re- recovering the lost item. And then she can have a little bit of wiggle room. But then she's thinking that maybe the maid idea would be a good idea because that can kind of get her by and she wouldn't have to worry about this whole like uh, taking job after job to get something more stable. And if she changes her appearance enough and, you know, maybe looks different, maybe no one would notice it was her. But she's going to have to figure out who this guy is and scope him out maybe. Mm-hmm. But okay. first she's going to go to the, the, uh, the, the inn where the, okay. uh, the lost item contract is. Okay. And uh, it's, uh, what, just past two now, you think? 30 minutes to walk down to the docks, change, and come back? An hour? I think, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's say that. Okay. It's 2, 2.30. Um, you walk in, um, and you see the usual the usual crowd there. Um, except you, see, you do see one person uh, down in the back 
uh, kind of like hidden off in a in a dark corner of the bar, um, just drinking. Uh, big old big old beard. Um, looks human um, and looks to to be like a sailor. Um, and he's sitting in the spot that it was indicated on the contract that they would be in. Okay. Uh, do I recognize him at all? No. Um, actually, go ahead. Go ahead and roll a um, roll a history check. Uh, recall. Uh, yeah, let's just do a history check. That's fine. Let's see, where's the history? It is one of your skills, and they're in alphabetical order. Oh, there it is. All right, and we're rolling through D&D Beyond. That is a 14 minus 1, 13. Um, okay, that's uh, typically when I DM, um, you know, it, it's a shifting scale depending on what you're doing, how difficult it is, things like that. But I like 10 or more as a pass and less than 10 is a fail. Um, but, you know, that is a shifting scale. It could be a 14 for certain things or whatever. So keep that in mind that a 13, a lot of people are like 13, that's awful. It's all for me. It's really not. Um, yeah, you, you don't recognize him, but he looks a lot like every other sailor, um, you've seen, um, and they come and go very frequently. So it's not like a, a unheard of or super suspicious thing to see somebody that looks like this. They just look like a, a typical, typical sailor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Kira's going to go over to the, uh, th- th- actually does Kira know the bartender or whoever the innkeep is? Uh, yeah, that's normally where you would eat in this town is at the bar. Um, and the, the barkeep is Typhon. All right. So he's, gonna... uh, he's a, mer- he's a merfolk as well, but he, um, he typically stays behind the counter in merfolk form behind the counter is all water. So it's like water is behind the bar. Um, and he doesn't like to come out into, into human form. Okay. So Kira's going to try to get his Typhon's attention. And she's going to ask, hey, Typhon, uh, quick question for you. Uh, and sh- he swims over and he says, oh, can can I help you? Who are you? Hey, that guy over there, do you know who he is? Uh, and he looks over. Don't look at him. He quickly looks back at you. He's like, no, looks like a sailor. Oh, okay. You think he's cool? Can I look at him again? Okay, just just once. And he like very quickly like looks over and looks back. He's like, "Seems cool." Okay, cool. Okay, you ordered a pretty cool drink. What kind of drink? Beer. Did you make it? Yes. Okay, good to know. All right, thank you. So Kira, he not. Is gonna walk away, and she's mm-hmm. going to approach this guy. She's a little bit apprehensive because she kind of feels like this might be some sort of setup there, which is why she checked mm-hmm. to see who made the drink because she figures that he she, she might be offered you know part of the drink mm-hmm. but you know she, she just wants to kind of get the little down but she kind of like is slapping herself in the face because she realizes that she may have been being a little bit too obvious there mm-hmm. okay uh, as you approach he uh, looks up at you hey uh, I'm here about this contract uh, this is the contract that you uh, presented Right. Or Just to be clear, somewhere. is that the voice she's using with this uh, middle-aged man disguise? Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, I was sticking with the same voice. Oh, that's good. No, I, I appreciate that. Okay. 
Hey, you have to go with that one. Hey, is this the uh, contract you posted on the board? And uh, he he looks at it with with one eye, and he's like, "Ah, yes, that be mine." Okay. Um, what can you tell me about it? Uh, what kind of lost item am I looking for? I mean, there's not much information on here, to be honest. And he uh, he looks side to side, and he says, "You best be sitting down." Do I have to? And he like motions for you to sit sit across from him. Uh, he says, um, "I prefer we keep this on the down low." Okay, okay. So Kira sits down. All right, and he uh, he like leans forward and is speaking in, in somewhat of a hush, um, and he says, um, "I seem to have uh, lost an item, if you will." Uh, and he he kind of looks to the side and he's like, "Well, less lost and more sold." Uh, you see, there's this painting that. I really likes used to sit in me captain's quarters but now I had to sell it to get repairs on my ship now I want it back and you want to be stolen back is that correct or what's the game here I I mean I would be happy to pay for it I have since gotten me treasure that I was out searching for but the person that I sold it to refuses to sell it back, even at a markup. And mm. I want it back. I see, I see. And why does this painting have significance to you? Um, and he, he smiles. He's like, it's a very special painting of a mermaid. And he, like, uh, does, like, a crude gesture, like, around the, the chest area. <laughs> Uh, I see, I see. You're a man of culture. Makes perfect sense. Aye. Okay, and is this payment absolutely verified? How do I know I'm going to get it if I give you back this? He he thinks on that, and he says, um, I mean, I can show you right now. And he pulls out, like, a coin purse and drops on the table and opens it up, and inside there's tons of gold coins. It, very easily there could be 50 gold coins there. It's clear he has Kira, the money. Kira kind of like gets a little bit startled, kind of starts kind of jumping back, but then she realizes she's going to bring more attention because she's seeing all that gold and she's going to realize that everyone's going to be looking that way now. So she's getting like super freaked mm-hmm. out. Oh yes, uh, th- that 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 is quite a bit of gold there. Uh, you can you can put it away, please. Uh, he swipes it off the table and and looks around and sees that no one no one's noticed. Okay. Uh, what can you tell me about the job? Like, what, what, where is the painting? Who has it? Why do they have it? Obviously, you sold it to them. How attached mm. are they? How many guards do they have? And where does he sleep? Are lots of questions from you, mate. Uh, I don't know much about him. I sold it to a local magnate. He goes by the name of L. I can give you directions to his house. Okay. Okay. How dangerous is this L? And what's a magnate? A magnate, like a someone rich, someone with a lot of power and money. Okay. That might be a problem. And it, how many paintings are there with different, say, well-endowed merfolk? 
I'm not gonna grab the wrong one. I just wanna make sure I'm gonna grab the right one. Is there anything that marks it specifically? Our signature in the corner. And of course, there's only one painting of this nature. Hmm. If there were more, I'd just go get another. I see, I see. Okay, okay. I am going to scope it out. It, is this a good place to meet you again? Because I'm gonna scope it out, see what I can find. Uh, if this job is low enough risk, I might take it. But if I find that there are way too many guards and way too much going on, I will, of course, you know, let you know that I will decline. Or I'll be in town for the week. I'll come here every evening. All right, excellent. It's great to meet you. Um, what's your name again? All right, they call me Salty Sal. Salty Sal. Are you also a merfolk? By chance? No. Okay, you're just kind of into that sort of thing then. I get it. Uh, who's not? And he uh, he holds out his hand and it's very gross. Uh, and he says, and your name? My name is John. A pleasure to meet you, John. Are you just staring at his grubby hand? <laughs> yeah, just just, just, just kind of just kind of staring, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I almost start making a gesture like I don't have hands, but I realize that's not going to work, so I just give a wave and walk away. And he uh, goes back to drinking. So Kira's going to attempt to leave the bar now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you And she help? is going to... Uh, as, as soon as she gets out, she's going to get this like big rush of like fear and anxiety. Because she, she she realizes like how like like she's never very good at like playing characters and playing people, so she realizes like how dumb she's sounding and how much she's just kind of like outing herself accidentally by trying to play it cool, mm-hmm. and like there was way too much of a chance that someone might notice all that gold and might see her and recognize her, and then you know even though she's dressed up, you know the people in her town still might recognize her or people mm-hmm. that she knew, so she's like super freaked out and kind of like anchoring towards maybe not taking this contract but she still thinks in the back of her head maybe maybe to check it out to see what's going on if it's easy enough okay and you were given a a a very crude map um very very reminiscent of a treasure map um that kind of shows the general outline of the the town uh and then some dots that lead up to like a hill and up on the hill is a big like mansion and there's a big x in it okay uh, gonna look at the the map and see if I can find where that maid person is. Uh, like okay. The person who had the maid contract. Uh, they are down in the residential section. Um, let me. Okay. Yeah, you can you can go ahead. I'm gonna do a thing in the side wall while you're doing that. Cool. So Kira's going to try to get like a little plan here. And her plan here is just to, she just wants to talk to the uh, the maid contract person to try to get that, you know, get, get her foot in the door with that, just, just to scope it out. Because if she can say, she's worried that job's gonna get taken and she won't be able to get it. So she's going to go in and uh, to that place by the dock again. And she's mm-hmm. going to change up her appearance to being like super feminine like just very dainty looking mm-hmm. and she's going to uh go to the uh the maid contract guy okay i did send you a map of fear um it's super basic i made it in ms paint 
Uh, if anybody else wants to see it, I'll post it in the We Need to Talk. Um, I'll make a, like a D&D section or something at some point, and I'll post it there um, so you guys can follow along if you would like. Uh, I only have two maps. They're super basic. I wrote this in like a week. So I'm also borrowing some characters from a longer uh, session I have because sometimes you just need a character suddenly. Like when you're like, hey, what about the barkeep? I'm like, ha, I already had that written. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, you know, you can go to 13 Water very, very easily. It's in the residential, which is due south of you. Um, and it's the 13th house in the road. So she gets changed and she goes there. Uh, you knock on the door and uh, a purple haired guy, um, he, he says... Uh, Hey, what's going on? Hi, I'm looking for the uh, person who posted this contract. Does that happen to be you? Uh, I've posted a picture of him in the D&D section. Uh, he goes, yeah, whoa, that was me. Why, are you looking to do some aid work? So you, the picture looks to be like a like a very sexy mermaid with blue skin. Uh, I assume he's not in his mermaid form right now. Uh, he correct. He's in his in his human form, if you will. So just where there's scales, there's feet. I like to imagine that their their like human legs are actually like kind of scaly though. But he's probably wearing pants. Okay. And uh, so, sorry, I, I I got distracted there. What was the question? Uh, he said he said, uh, oh yeah, I posted that. Why are you looking to be a maid? Uh, potentially. And uh, is is there free lodging? Is it free watching? And uh, he looks you up and down. Go ahead and give me a uh, deception check for your disguise. Do it with advantage because you have proficiency in your disguise kit. Uh, so, um, so anytime you roll with advantage, you roll twice and you take the bigger number. I see. Where's the... Oh, there it is. So I go one. So that's an eight. So 11 with my modifier. And then roll a second time. That's a seven, so a ten. So it looks like it's a eleven. Uh, 11. Uh, he looks you up and down. And he's like, "I mean, yeah, we might be able to work something out." Okay, okay. And is the pay accurate? Is is that pay including the lodging, or is that uh, in addition? Well, the pay would just be for the work. But if you need lodging, oh. we could work that out too. It is being part of the pay. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so, um, can, when can I start? Uh, as early as Monday. Okay, okay, that's good. Cause I have something to do. I got a friend to see. But, uh, okay. So, I'll see you then. Uh, what's your name again? I'm Lattice. And you? Oh, I'm Susan. He says, alright, well, I look forward to seeing you again. And he winks. Kira kind of gets a little bit of a shudder down her, her back. She's, she's had a couple jobs, which have gone that kind of way. And she's never enjoyed them, but she's kind of done them. But now that she's like more free, she's kind of like not taking those kind of jobs. Mm -hmm. But she also kind of thinks, uh, I don't know, free lodging. That sounds kind of nice. I'm getting sick of this uh, like innkeeper pestering me for money. Fair enough. And don't want the police. So Kira's going to uh, give her a little salute and she's going to walk away. And right. she's going to plan to uh, get changed back into uh, uh, into job. Not John. She's going to get changed back into like a different outfit. Mm -hmm. One that she doesn't do very often. Uh, it's going to be a, a female kind of look. And she's going to wait till nightfall to kind of uh, investigate this 
this place where this guy's living. All right. For the, uh, the missing item contract. All right. Um, it is nightfall, um, and you head to Elle's mansion. What are you doing? How do you approach? That's a great question, and I think a question that we should continue in a part two, because this episode's getting a little long. Uh, so, hey, part two's coming out. It's going to be the descent into the mansion, and who knows what's going to happen in there. Uh, I do, because this is in post. Hey, we need to talk. That was enforced.